previously on Libel the Bible. I spent the holidays trying to escape from, sorry, with my family. I spent the holidays with an intactivist and an adult who voluntarily circumcised himself. Moses wants everyone to know that Yahweh's obligation is almost complete. The Israelites just need to sign the terms of service agreement on some rocks. Moses goes through a short list of the benefits that come from obeying Yahweh. Then he goes through a long list of punishments that come from disobeying Yahweh. I assigned homework. And now, episode 54 of Libel the Bible. doing what I got to do, and I hit record. All right. I am Scott. And I am Rusty. I am always uptown and never uptight. And I'm always downtown <laughs> and totally uptight constantly. <laughs> Some might say beyond uptight. No, you, know, you, seem, you, seem, you seem pretty uh, um, pretty, pretty mellow considering like uh, what, what you fucking did, man. Yeah, so why don't you tell everybody? What's no, going man, on I Scott? want to see if you tell the story when you fuck up as passionately as you tell the story when I fuck up. Oh, well, the reason I was giving you a chance to tell the story is because I did fuck up and I want you to like lay into me. No, I was no, giving no, you an no, opportunity. That's, that's no, not, you're that's, above that. I am so. You're that's above not me. That. That's that's what you do, man. You're such a lying piece of shit. <laughs> that's what you do. You are such a lying. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to turn shit. this into me too. Really? Huh? Like you're what's laughing. Listen, I'm calling you a lying <laughs> piece of shit, and you're laughing about it because you know that. Uh, so, um, yeah, so this is our second recording of this episode. We recorded a full episode. It was like about an hour and 15 minutes, and apparently I did not save it. And so we have to re-record uh, Deuteronomy 29 through 30. No, yeah, 29 through 31. So we've already done it. We've recorded it. However, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry to Scott that we have to go through this again, but I'm not sorry in that I wasn't happy with the original episode. I hadn't really done the reading. Nor was I. You were really like, yeah, you didn't come prepared, man. And I'm looking at it from a different lens now. So I, I haven't, I hadn't done the reading because I'm, I'm exhausted from Deuteronomy. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot because it's the same kinds of things over and over. Like basically, they've been in the desert for 40 years, and the only interesting things that have happened are the Ten Commandments. You know, they received the Ten Commandments. They invaded some, like, towns here and there. You know, there was, like, the whole mana thing. There was the whole water thing. Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to say not too much interesting There were certain happened. things that occurred. But mostly it's just been Moses, like, giving them instructions on, like, you know, what to do. And God giving them instructions. No. So, like, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. It's all basically rehashing the moral code. So I started getting a little worn out, you know, by the end of Deuteronomy and slacking on like the readings. But I think that's appropriate because I kind of feel now I'm immersed in the Pentateuch, in the Torah, because if you think about it, at this stage in the story, I bet you the Israelites are a little like tired of the situation as well. You know what I'm saying? Like as tired as I am and I'm like, can we move on from this? 
you gotta like feel for the actual participants. Yeah, you got yeah, and they're not tired of like the the, the last forty years. They're certainly tired of Moses and his speeches right. and all that shit. Um, so you would think you pointed out to me probably in the last episode that um. I thought Genesis was just the creation, but then you you reminded me that the whole Abraham, uh, Abel and Cain, like there was a lot in, in Exodus. Yeah, yeah. I'll, well, it, no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Genesis, Genesis. Yes, I'm sorry, Genesis. Genesis. Has there been anything good since Exodus? Like, could, like, can you get rid of Leviticus? Since Exodus and, or Genesis? Since, since Exodus. Since Exodus, because Exodus told the story. Like Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy so far. Like, I don't. Can we get rid of them completely? Well, the, the problem Pair is with Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, a large portion of like uh, Hebrew law and Jewish law is there. Oh. Okay, you know what? I'm not a law guy. So law is boring. So I guess this was boring. Well, no, because I'm surprised to hear you say that because you've... You dived into the minutia of the law, like you were examining fact, that law, like really carefully. My memory really is for shit lately. Yeah, and you're right. I actually I like to dive into the laws, and I like to point out, like, wait till one more Bible dumping motherfucker gets in my face and talk yeah. some shit about it. I'm gonna throw the verse right in their face, and mm. like, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm here saying that there was nothing good, so I'm full of shit. So I actually read an interesting article. We had read. Uh, where Yahweh commanded the Israelites that every seventh year their fields should lie fallow. Like they can't like uh, sow their fields right, like right, on the right, seventh right. year. So I just came across an article from 2014 that 2014 was the seventh year in Israel. And like there's a huge debate now. Is Israel a secular nation or is Israel a religious nation? Right. Because if it's a religious nation, they have to follow the, the law of like the seventh year where they're not like planting crops. And so some like rabbinical thinker came up with like some kind of legal like shenanigans, you know. He found like a backdoor where um, – Israeli Jews were allowed to sell plots of land to like non-Jews, but like sell it only for a period of time. So i.e. that one year. And then the non-Jews would be able to like plant like crops, you know, but then a whole other sect of people was like, well, that's like that's skirting the actual spirit of the law. And then in my head, I was like, that's skirting the spirit of the law. What about like those elevators that, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Without buttons on the Sabbath. Come on. So, so wait a minute. So I assume Israel has not been doing this for the last 6,000 years. So I, I did, I read the article just before I came over. So I didn't really have time to mm. like do more research and see like, what is the situation in Israel? Because it is an interesting question. What it does is Israel do? What I think they should do. Does everybody have to follow the same seventh year? Like, what if I plant my field this year, you plant it next year, and you and you stagger it? Because what the entire country is going to stop farming for a year? Right, so That's look, not Scott, realistic, man. So look, I think we have to begin to separate people of a religion, and we have to begin to separate them from like the theism of the religion and the identity of the religion. So, in other words, explain. Israel is, quote unquote, a Jewish state, right? Mm -hmm. Does that mean it's a Jewish state in terms of it's a state of the Torah? Or does it mean the people in Israel are Jewish people? So in other words, I'm a Jewish person. Mm -hmm. I am a citizen of Israel. 
Like, officially, like, I think Jews are citizens of Israel or something like that. Like, I have a birthright to Israel. Nice. But I am completely secular, right? I am only Jewish by, like, identity, by birth. Like, there's nothing about me per se that is Jewish. I don't believe in Yahweh. I don't believe in God. I don't follow the scriptures. You know what I'm saying? But I'm Jewish. Like, if Hitler was around, if the Klan caught me, like, I could— say all of this shit to them, but they wouldn't care. Essentially, I am Jewish. Right. So my identity is Jewish. So when we talk about the state of Israel and how they should conduct themselves, right? Like, should they um, allow fallow fields every seven year or yeah. follow that? Um, what does it mean to be Jewish? Like, in that case, is it theism or is it identity? I got you. All right. That's an interesting question. Um, but I'll say this. If you're gonna push the whole issue about let, letting the fields lay follow follow every seven months, seven years, are you gonna follow all these other crazy laws? Like, well, are you gonna you're gonna pick and choose which laws you follow? So that's the thing, too. I mean, right? So which laws are they obeying like, or it, disobeying? Are there gonna people? That, what do you what do you call that when you're um uh, when you're projecting you're projecting your uh, pretending when you when you're like uh social justicing like uh, what the hell is the term, man? You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, you're um. Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Like, are you going to let you, like, do people going to let the fields lie fallow and just to virtue signal? Like, look how pious I am. Look how, like, Jewish I am. Yeah, yeah. But then not do the other laws. So, like, stop it. I mean, well, first of all, Scott, that's quite a cynical take on things that people are doing it only to virtue signal. Well, I'm going to tell you this if you follow that one law, but then ignore the other 99. Uh you have, eh, what are you doing? Right. That's it's, it's got to be virtue signaling. Right. Look like, what I'm doing. Right, like if you're coveting your neighbor's ass, then you know, yeah, yeah moving his moving his fucking property boundary, like all the other shit. Right. Not stoning your drunkard son that won't behave. Right, like, like, come on. Oh no, no, <laughs> not drunkard son. No, if your kids don't obey you. Then you bring them to the gate, remember, and then the and then you tell the town these are drunkards. You just, drunkards. you just right, yeah. <laughs> and walk away. Let, 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 yeah, let them get stoned, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. By the way, Scott, on the way here, I was listening to a song, okay, uh, so, by ACDC, and I want you to tell me if I un- if I understood and interpreted the lyrics correctly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to read you the lyrics, and you tell me what you think it means. <laughs> because I know what I think it means. Shoot. Okay. Wait, 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 is this a song I would know? Like yes. ACDC's got something. Okay, good. Flying on a free flight, driving all night with my machinery, because I got the power any hour to show the man in me. And those reputations blown to pieces. With my artillery, I'll be guiding, we'll be riding. Give a what you got to me. Don't you struggle. Don't you fight. Don't you worry, because it's your turn tonight. Let me put my love into you, babe. <laughs> Let me put my love on the line. Let me put my love into you, babe. Let me cut your cake with my knife. Now, what do you think... That song is about Scott. At, at first, I was like, well, he's just going on a, uh, a, a free will motorcycle ride in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. 
But then it obviously a lot of sexual innuendo there. I mean, he's driving with his he, machinery. He's definitely, he's showing up. He's like the alpha. He's like fucking. So the line, um, let me cut your cake would, yeah. with my knife. Awful. Is, is that um, metaphorical? Yeah, that's he's separating the stuff and putting the stuff in the middle of that stuff. So you're saying it's like sex stuff. Sex, it's definitely sex stuff. Okay, that's what I thought too. I just, I just <laughs> wanted to confirm that the song Let Me Put My Love Into You was about, you know. It seems like he's pretty high on himself though. Like he's like, you know. It's funny because usually in rock, like the lyrics would be much more masked. Yeah. You know, uh, in rock, a Wait, lot of- masked? More masked than that? That was- let except, me put my love into you, babe. Let me I mean, cut your cake leading, with my knife. Leading up to that point, it was sure. But I'm saying the chorus is like obvious, right? So like usually in rock, it's like very metaphorical mm. a lot of times. Whereas in like R and B, it's like straight up like you know like the song would be pretty much like yeah. you know we be fucking all night, yeah. you know like it's just like right the lyrics are like right there. Yeah. You don't have to imagine what they're talking about. Yeah, unlike the Bible. I mean, you could imagine what they're talking about. I mean, yeah, I guess that's like the point. So I'm just wondering, that guy singing that song to himself to psych himself up, to give himself confidence, like when he walks into the bar? Nah, man, he's telling this to the audience that's listening. He's like fucking, you know, he's strutting his stuff. Yeah, I'm just wondering like how much stuff he has to strut. Like it's just, he's just stroking his own ego to he, boost no, his own confidence levels. He's telling this chick. Because he's saying, because it's your turn tonight. As he drops that little weird pill in her drink when she's not looking. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty dark, Scott. Hey, man. That's pretty dark. Hey, man. It's true, though. The 90s. You know know why it's got to be true, though? Because what woman's going to let you say to her, I'm going to cut your cake with my knife. And she's like, ooh, yeah, baby. I mean, when you. I think there's a lot of, get out of here, freako. The thing is, when you reach like a level of stardom. They let you do anything. <laughs> they That's let true. you grab them by the pussy. I, I heard that from someone. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, plus to be a rock star, you almost have to be a rock star. You know what I mean? Like, I think I a you. lot yeah. of rock stars were always rock stars. They just didn't have that audience. You know, like Axl Rose was probably Axl Rose like all the time. Yeah. Like you don't become, like you said, like the stereotypical the stereotypical rock star without having that kind of mentality. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, man, maybe we should develop that rock star mentality before becoming rock stars. You and I. So, so we, uh, what did I say? Maybe we should develop that yeah. kind of mentality. Yeah. 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 You like and I. you and I. Yeah. For the podcast, you mean? No, just in life in general. Oh, just man. in life in general. So when we just go on tour, we just start like tearing up, the, tearing up hotel rooms and shit. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't what I had in mind when I said like behaving like rock stars. But yeah, we were, uh, we were, uh, me, a couple guys, you know, we ended up. Uh, I think it was in New Orleans. Maybe it was Florida for a shuttle launch. I don't know, but one of the guys rented like a, a suite in a hotel, like, uh, and we all stayed in it because there was so much room. There was so many beds and couches and whatever. And Goofy shenanigans got on. Somebody threw something. So this fool picked up an ottoman and threw it across the room. It bounced off the bed and hit the wall and like put a dent like a hole in the wall. That wasn't in Albany at the Roger Waters concert? Fuck, it was. You're right. All right. Well, so you know the story. And, 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 you know, it it stopped the fun right away. And he like deadpan was like, yo, what can I say, man? I party like a rock star. (laughs) In New Orleans, you were involved like in a shooting. Yeah, yeah, it was fun too. After, so. Like you went after the shuttle launch. Yeah, I drove like not yeah. from like 
uh, Kennedy Space Center to like New Orleans, like twelve hours. We made it like sixteen hours. We stopped. You were confused because it was like some of the same people, it was, like yeah, yeah, in yeah. both places. As a matter of yeah. fact, that ride was three of the same people. Yeah. yeah, I know there was just one extra person that wasn't there yeah. in Albany yeah. that was there in Florida. Right, but he didn't make it to New Orleans. It was right, the, the person that wants to come on the show. Right. Oh, I was thinking about the guy who lived in the hole down in the. Oh, the pink that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was like, yeah, yeah, sorry, man. Either way. I party like a rock star. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, he wrecked the hotel room. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we did party like rock stars that yeah, night. Yeah, you guys did. By the way, so that reminds me. <laughs> you were asking me about micro-dosing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I listened to, like I said, I only listened to one of the podcasts. And it's been a while since I listened to it. I listened to it today. And they're now advertising for micro-dosing. Mm-hmm. Like microdosing.com. And I think, now, shit, I just advertise them. I'm not getting paid. Yeah. So I was just curious if there was actually THC in that. Like, is there actually, like, stuff that gets you... It, sa- it sounded like when they were describing it, it was definitely a product that got you high. Well, microdosing refers to a lot of shit at this point mm. because... But was, they said THC specifically, okay. so... so they're... Eh, that's... And they said it was available nationwide. I can't believe, like, that would be available, like, for mail order nationwide? Probably not. You yeah, so I, maybe I'll check out the website. See what's unless like. it's, like, not THC, unless it's, like, CBD or, yeah, like, hemp yeah. oil or something. But they were, like, start with a quarter dose just to see how you do. Then right. you move up to have... And, like, either it's an actual drug... Or it's not, and they want to make it sound like it is. Sort of like start with a quarter dose because you don't know how it's going to affect. It doesn't you. sound like it's if they're advertising it for sale or shipment to every state. Strangely enough, his advertisement wasn't for like saying it was being shipped, but they said it's available. So like, I'll have to check it out. Oh, okay, man. I think they were being like purposely guardful of the words. So before you bring up a topic next time, Scott, why so, don't you do your research? Wait, wait, no, and- so, so 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 yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, get yeah. into the point. All right, microdosing when it comes to THC is that a thing? Like people do that? Like it's a thing when it comes to a lot of drugs now. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the point isn't to get like stoned or high or tripping or whatever. It's to maintain like a certain equilibrium. We'll take the edge, and off. they're whatever finding well yeah. with with. THC, it would be whatever to you know to take the edge off, to relax, to give an appetite. Mm-hmm. But with other drugs, it's it has other therapeutic like benefits. So they've run trials with psilocybin mushrooms. I heard something about the mushrooms. Yeah. They've run trials with um, what I, I don't want to say. Oh, uh, MDMA. I was gonna say ecstasy. Then I was like, no, Molly. But it's really MDMA, which is pure. The- it, MDMA is pure Molly. It's oh, ecstasy, gotcha. but it's like the purest form. Ecstasy is basically like MDMA with like all a whole bunch of like other shit in it. You know what I mean? Let's scare everybody. Rat poison, right? It's cut with rat poison, right? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> so um, there have already been like clinical trials with LSD. Microdosing um, helps relieve PTSD in soldiers. Yeah. Um, people at the end of life, it gives them like. It gives them like joy and like it doesn't like it, it relieves their depression at the end right. of their life. So they've been like, you know, studying microdosing and actually in uh, Oregon, they've legalized psilocybin now. So not only can you buy like weed, it's like Amsterdam. You can go hmm. and you can buy like psilocybin mushrooms. I wonder how much our um, crazy drug laws over the years have like retarded medical like progress. Like this is, a uh, you know. Like LSD, maybe a microdose could be very helpful. You know, you don't want to go out tripping balls. You know, I like how I use that now. I use that freely now. Yeah. Now, that I, now that I heard you say that, but uh, yeah, our laws suck, huh? So much progress could have been made. Yeah. So is it true that the people with the cancer patients, everybody, like uh, marijuana, they found was very helpful for them, or was it just a mental helpful? 
Oh, I don't know. Like, there's there's like a ton of studies where like it does yeah. have physical effects. And because the shit was illegal, they could never really f- probably like do the studies on like what's the what most ideal amount of each substance that would help you. Go look up. They just came out with a study about uh, COVID. Apparently, marijuana was um, helping to reduce like people who smoke marijuana during COVID. Uh, like whatever uh, the THC does in the lung, it would it would like filter out <laughs> like whatever COVID was like for real. Yeah, for real. So there's like I read a study about a year and a half into COVID. Right. But then I was like, ah, it's like too soon. They don't know. But then this week there was like a headline again. I didn't read the article, but the headline was pretty like substantial talking about how like, again, they've done the research and substantial. marijuana <laughs> What I mean by that is like the headline provided enough information for me to get a general idea and the source that it was from made me know that it was not like a clickbait headline. It was like a serious headline. So it gave you enough information to realize it's it, it fits you, the confirmation bias you needed <laughs> and you went out and got some more THC products. Well, I mean, if I is wanted it, it to fit my confirmation bias, I would have even brought that up. I would have pretended like I actually did read the article. <laughs> is it actually possible mm-hmm. that... People would like that smoked a lot of weed during COVID didn't get COVID because they got too stoned to go outside. <laughs> they forgot to go like interact with people, so they didn't really get exposed to it. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see some more studies on this study. <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's this, all I got. This, this is what's called dead air, Scott. Well, speaking of studies, I did read an interesting study about um, COVID deaths between uh, Democrats and Republicans. And there is, again, it was one study. It's not an end-all, be-all. But there is significant evidence, according to this study, that, you know, they they talked about, like, irregular deaths before COVID. Irregular? Outside of normal, like, uh, you know, deaths from, like, sickness, like, car accidents or whatever. So Democrats and Republicans. Self-asphyxiation. Whatever they Masturbation. Apparently, non-normal deaths were pretty much even between Democrats and Republicans, as they were throughout the entire pandemic until... Vaccines became available. And then they found Republicans kept climbing with the debts where Democrats' debts started dropping off to the fact that at the time of the study, there was a 153% difference between like red populations and blue populations. And again, they said there's a lot of different things that could be involved with that. But the point they were trying to make was, did Republicans sabotage their own midterm elections because half their people died because they didn't get vaccinated? So, <laughs> so all their voters like died off? Yeah, like if those people didn't die off, maybe they win. These, these ra- and these are razor-thin elections, right? Yeah. There's a lot of very thin margins. So. I mean, it doesn't help that like their fucking commander-in-chief, the orange man, says elections are rigged so they're like why bother voting so they don't show up to vote wait why bother voting certainly don't fucking mail in your voting because that's stupid don't do any absentee voting or anything early voting or any of that stuff and go get covid and die and you you could have won all those elections if these people voted in whatever form they could and didn't die well there was just an article this week that came out where kellyanne conway she's like trump's former advisor (laughs) um she said that She's shocked that they lost the election because they had like a one point eight billion dollar war chest, but he fucking basically like spent it all like on himself and like enriching like his businesses. Like he didn't use it for the campaign. That's oh, shocking. Yeah, he seems like he'd be really on the it's, up and up with donated shocking. money. <laughs> oh my god, that man Not again! That man. If you're someone who agrees <laughs> with his policies, look. 
that's a debate we can have. But the second you start defending that man, you lose all your credibility in my eyes. You can argue his policies because they're not even his policies because he doesn't have any policies because he's an immoral fucking amoral nothing of a human. He's an empty, ugly shell of a fucking human whose dad fucked him up so bad and he will never get daddy's fucking love. And he won the presidency and that's still not good enough because his dad is dead and he'll never see his son as president. And if you can't admit that this is a fucking shell of a fucking ghoul, then you're not a serious person. And not only that, you're just I'm sorry, you're just in a cult of personality. You know what I mean? You're like those people in Cape Town or whatever it was called. Not Cape Town with uh, the Kool-Aid. Uh, James Jones, Jane, Jonestown. <laughs> right. Jonestown. Let's name all the wrong. Yeah. Towns. All the towns. <laughs> Cape Cod. Uh, yeah. So you're just like that. You're in a cult. Because it's not about the policies for you. It's about the man. Which is weird. It's like so if you can't weird. admit the man. And so therefore, I have to start wondering, what about the man? Like what, in the, what is the man doing or saying that you admire so much? And it's the crassness. You like that this person is crass. He, he, he makes it okay for you to express the same shitty thoughts you have. Yeah. Uh, we'll show the woke people. Yeah. So it's like, so again, so if you defend the policies, that's one thing. If you defend the man, you're not a serious individual. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this. As a uh, relatively white person myself. Yeah. I mean, you're as white as it gets. Exactly. I'm, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking sheet of paper. Yeah, I'm like Casper the Friendly nah, Ghost. You're, over you're a cloud. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We get the point. Yeah. I'm a white guy. Yeah. He's insulting to me as a white guy because he likes to be like a, what are you, a white supremacist, um, what, all that shit. And the man lies about his own skin color. Don't come off like you want to run the fucking the new Nazi party and you fucking spray paint your own fucking skin. And if anybody doesn't believe for a second that man does this, nah. how fucking crazy are you? Who would deny that? Who would People who? deny that? Like people that you've known would deny that he spray tans? No, I can't imagine they yeah, would, right? Nah. It's, it's like overwhelming. It's like in their face, right? It's gross. But yeah, anybody who like doesn't admit their own skin color can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Let's... Uh... You want to move on to another gross uh, being, Yahweh? Oh, I thought you were gonna say Moses, but no, you know that's fine. Nah. I know you hate Moses. I fucking hate him. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? Part of me is really upset. You know why I'm really upset that you? But by the way, I'm not really upset about that you lost that episode. By the way, but I'm gonna pretend I am right now. Uh-huh. Um, it's because now I gotta sit for th- th- three more chapters. Of fuck, I thought Deuteronomy would be ending with this conversation, but no, we gotta do it one more fucking. That's true. So this is gonna be this is the penultimate episode yeah. of Deuteronomy. We're doing 29 through 31, and the next time it's 32 through 35, and we will have read the Torah. The Torah. The Pentateuch, the first five I, books. I think I said this on the last recording. I was like, you know what? Before I judge the Torah as a whole, yeah. I'm going to leave these last six chapters. Well, you know what? The last, next three, the last three, because I already know these three suck. Yeah. <laughs> like You base the religion on these five chapters? That's right. funny. So let's dive into Deuteronomy 29. Um, so it starts off with, of course, Moses speaking to the Israelites and it brings up, uh, it says in addition to the covenant that he had made with them at Horeb, right? So this is like everything he's telling them now goes with the covenant at Horeb, which is, I looked up, um, 
the Ten Commandments one. So that's like when they did like the whole Ten Commandments thing. Can I do a little Bible housekeeping here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we spoke about it, but it was lost. Um, this is one of those chapters that starts on with a weird paragraph that should have been in the previous chapter. Yes. And then the footnote actually says in Hebrew that's the way it was. And did you explain to me why like this could have happened in this translation? Basically, this chap this paragraph belongs to the previous chapter, but in this translation, it's part of twenty nine when it should have been part of twenty eight. It's probably in every translation then. Right, and they found out. So later what I'm saying on. is, so so right, so no, so in the original texts that were written thousands of years ago, it was part of one chapter. But then when they sat down to do the Bible. That's probably like when they split it off and then like all future Bibles, whatever version, probably, you know, they fo- so all future versions of the Bible pretty much follow the King James version. They just use like different language, I guess. Uh, so right. They fucked to up like, the King James version and it's been fucked since. I guess. Gotcha. I mean, I don't know. I'm then only I made guessing. a joke that, you know, this is twenty nine one when actually it, was, it, would, it should have been twenty eight sixty nine. And they couldn't <laughs> use that because it's sixty nine. Seems like a sexual thing. We could have done it naked. <laughs> right. So uh, the covenant renewed in Moab. And this is where, like, you know, Moses is going to fucking remind them, like, lay the guilt trip on them. Summons all Israel again. So he says to all of Israel, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. So here's my question to you, Scott. Can you really blame the Israelites for disobeying Yahweh if his feats are so great that he hasn't given them the capacity to understand the miracles that he performs? So how can they then be expected to obey him when it is professed here they can't comprehend the awesomeness of Yahweh? Okay, but is it also maybe the things he professed to have done that were so great really weren't that great? So it's not that they couldn't understand it. They're like, yeah, okay, it rained. <laughs> you know, that kind of happens. Oh, shit, the water turned red. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got, like, dye, bro. Like, look at our fancy robes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, an algae bloom. Ooh, yeah. really nice. Yeah, so. Eh. Oh, look, that, like, long thing turned into a snake. I wonder what it was before it was a snake. <laughs> a sleeping snake. <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. Maybe that's what he did. Maybe it was a sleeping snake and he took his staff and like he tapped it so the snake woke up and he dropped the staff and picked up the snake quick and oh, he's like, Oh look, it turned into a snake. Yeah, well, it was like a, a non venomous snake like up his sleeve and he had a staff and then he was like, Whoop, dropped yeah. the snake, hit the staff. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Fucking Paula tricks. Yeah. Fucking I have led you forty years in the wilderness. <laughs> That guy in the back. Yeah, yeah some good leadership, Moses. Yeah, really. Like I wouldn't be. I'd be like if I was Moses's like handle. I'd be like, no, cut that, cut that, cut that. Chicken wing. No, you don't want to talk about that, bro. Sore subject. Uh, the clothes on your back have not worn out, and the sandals on your feet have not worn out. You have not eaten bread, and you have not drunk wine or strong drink. Yeah, that's not like an incentive for me. No, and I think I mentioned this last time. I was like, this was a revision. Because somebody said, wait a minute, 
You mean to tell us our ancestors wandered around for 40 years and there's not one mention of sewing up a garment, having to go to the cobbler, having to go to the haberdasher, and they added this whole part, look, it's a miracle, your stuff never wore out. Yeah. Like, it's nice, it's revisionist, yeah. man. Well, again. And wait, 40 years in the desert with no strong drink? What the hell is wrong with you, people? Well, remember, the reason shit didn't wear out is because, like, all the people that could have survived for 40 years in the desert... They all got, like, swallowed up by Yahweh's earth, right? Like, he opened up the earth and killed them. It's like, these people, they're, like, you know, late teenagers. So, they've been growing their whole life. So, like, they don't get to, like, wreck clothing. They grow mm. out of clothing, requiring new clothing. Mm. So, they've just reached, like, their teenage years now. You know, it's like the new generation. So, they're, like, 19, 20 years old. It's like the cast of The Matrix, like, when they're at their rave. Yeah. And I, I got to think that sandals come off your feet pretty easily. Back then, and I'm sure Moses, uh, uh, God, like Yahweh, blasted people right out of their sandals when he killed them. Yeah, and like you said, I think people just snuck yeah, in, whistling, like, like grabbed in, the sandals, and walked out. Like in war, man, you know, man, spoils of the people that didn't get swallowed up by the earth. <laughs> I mean, you need boots, you need like you know ammo. You take it off, like whatever. I think I, I think I also mentioned many, many, many months ago that you know it's hard to wear something out when you're moving this slow. Like, <laughs> like come on, forty years to do a six day journey. Yeah. So Moses goes on and on and on, and he's like talking about God, and he's like, and fucking, you know, all these other idols are fucking terrible, and this, and blah, blah, blah. Until finally he says, in verse 19, he says, All who hear the words of this oath and bless themselves, thinking in their hearts, we are safe, even though we go our own stubborn ways. And first of all, who would think that? Who would think like, oh, we're safe, even though I'm a stubborn piece of shit? Now, this is just Moses projecting onto like these innocent, basically innocent mm. people, right? So, um, we are safe, even though we go our own stubborn ways, thus sweeping away the moist with the dry. So... We had this conversation. I don't remember it anyway. So. We don't. Oh, so. I still have WTF written next to that. So nobody knows what it means. There's even a footnote. And in the footnote, it says meaning uncertain. So <laughs> no one knows what it means to sweep away the moist with the dry. The Lord will be unwilling to pardon them. For then the Lord's anger and passion will smoke against them. All the curses written in this book will descend on them, and the Lord will blot out their names from under heaven. The Lord will single them out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity, in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. The next generation... Your children who rise up after you, as well as the foreigner who comes from a distant country, will see the devastation of that land and the afflictions with which the Lord has afflicted it. All its soil burned out by sulfur and salt, nothing planted, nothing sprouting, unable to support any vegetation like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord destroyed in his fierce anger. They, and indeed all the nations, will wonder, why has the Lord done this to this land? 
What caused this great display of anger? They will conclude. <laughs> it is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord. I'm sorry. Hold on. No, you, know, you need to take a breath because there's a lot here. They will conclude. It is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord. You have all the things. This is what they will conclude. Yeah, a thousand years later, they see some scorched <laughs> earth, and they go, these motherfuckers went astray. They will conclude, it is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Let's not mention the fact that he sent them there in the first place. <laughs> they turned and served other gods, worshiping them, gods whom they had not known and whom he had not allotted to them. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against that land, bringing on it every curse written in this book. The Lord uprooted them from their land in anger, fury, and great wrath, and cast them into another land, as is now the case. <sighs> um, uh, um, yeah. yeah, so I want to go back up to... Uh, Verse 23, when he talks about like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim. 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 I mean, I, I guess. I don't those know. are two other cities that got destroyed that we didn't hear about? I don't even remember those series. I think we would have known. So I'm going to tell you something right now. Right now. That shit might be brought up like in later books. You know what I mean? So Did there might be references. Again? I didn't read ahead okay. again. But I'm finding out that this is how like things might be structured. Huh. So I should... I, I think I'm gonna be tempted to like Google this shit like after the show. All right, find out there's two other cities that we need to like know sure. about. Yeah, yeah. So that's so a thousand years from now, people are gonna conclude this. Yeah, okay. I mean, Adma and Zeboim might be one of the cities that they invaded like during their forty years in the wilderness. You know, in order to like whatever. Yeah. All right. More people they just killed. But I mean, the main point of this, Scott, is I think that. Yahweh is, again, you know, out of control, angry, and basically ruling through fear. Now, I'm going to say this. Are these words coming from Yahweh, or is this Moses still filibustering? I think this is what Yahweh wants Moses to say, for sure. You sure like Yahweh's second in command isn't on the spaceship going, hey, uh, Yahweh, M Moses is prattling on again. And Yahweh actually goes, let him. He knows this is the last time he'll get to speak. Yeah, Yahweh's like like letting him have a little extra time. So you don't even think Yahweh's like in charge of the expedition? Like you don't think this is like his own little fiefdom? You think he's got like people here with him? No, no, no. No, I said, I mean, I mean Yahweh's second. Like Yahweh's underlaying. Oh, okay, okay. Saying, yo, yo your boy's okay. prattling on yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So, no. No, I think Yahweh's the head guy at Earth. Yeah. Or at least as part of Earth. Like Baal was probably another... You know, district, Christian Bale, District Eighteen, uh, Baal, 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 what the other? Oh, Baal, Baal, yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah, Baal. Yeah, yeah, Baal. You know that that was District Seventeen. That's like his right. His, he's always talking about Baal. It's his rival. Yeah. So you think Baal's like the cool guy with like the goat head? He's probably Baal's probably the dick that has like an uncle in the business, yeah. so he doesn't have to work as hard as Yahweh. You think Yahweh so? Knows. Yeah, probably. I think Yahweh's kind of the fuck up. Like, he's always like, you know what Yahweh's like? He's like Kylo Ren in that first movie, like that when he fucked up like that whole comp panel, remember? Because he was like angry and pissed off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
right? They even made fun of that in the star in the what do you call it Saturday Night Live episode. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's like that's Yahweh. He's just like he's powerful, but like he's really he can't control his own emotions yet. He was, maybe he was promoted too soon. Yeah, he's not, yeah. I think Jesus was like his like 2.0. Jesus was like his Windows XP. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like Windows XP. Like all the failed like versions. You know what I mean? But the problem is again, like you know. So you think Yahweh was a failed operating system? Huh? Oh, I think <laughs> Yahweh. I mean, come on. Look, I'm not saying like Hitler. He didn't do some things that like benefited the society. You know <laughs> what? I'm saying, like, <laughs> Hitler was a fucking fascist. Uh-huh. Anytime a fascist takes over a country, there are going to be some things that, in a vacuum, wind up better than they were before. So, for example, there's no crime in a fascist state, right? You don't have to worry about, like, getting raped or murdered walking down the street because fascists will fuck you up. They Pat- don't fuck around. Apparently the only crime you was know, being clean Jewish. streets. <laughs> right. So, of course, I'm... So what I'm saying is Yahweh is like Hitler. That's the joke that Yahweh's <laughs> like Hitler. Right. Um, so, yeah. So Yahweh is furious if you don't fucking obey him. If you step out on him with some other guy. Even if you think about some other. Don't think about other gods. Don't, think, don't do research on other gods. Don't step out of fucking line. I think that is the main point of Yahweh. Yeah. And this chapter concludes with verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever to observe all the words of this law. The sentence makes no sense, but but it basically saying what? The things we know or the things we know or the things we don't know is in, the Lord handles that? Like, we don't need to know that? It's I very can't. possible that what's being said is, like, don't look into things too much. Uh, whatever you're on a need to know basis yeah. and Yahweh will decide what you need to know. Yeah. All right. Don't ask the tough questions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't think too much. Isn't Just, that what all like good dictators do? They convince people not to question anything. Well, they don't convince you. That's like the first rule. <laughs> you don't question anything. Yeah. So that gets us to Deuteronomy 30. Um, God's fidelity assured. And basically, this is like Yahweh, you know, it's like his pitch that he will take care of you if you obey him. Like, everything will be okay. Oh, so yeah, I thought this was just a natural progression of going from like lo-fi, hi-fi, wi-fi, go-fi, God's <laughs> fidelity, and it's assured. It's like a service contract. 99% uptime. uptime Google uptime. Fi. Yeah, Google Fi. Yeah. Yeah, this is Go-fi. Go-fi. Yeah. God-fi. Yeah. No, God-fi. you can't. It's got to be two. It's only two letters. No, you think so? What about Yah-fi? Oh, okay. Yahweh. Yeah, Yah-fi. Yeah. Yah-fi. We're all fine. Yah-fi. Yah-fi. We all scream for ice cream. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to skip down to uh, verse 6, Wait, unless you have something to cover earlier. That, I have, like, the first in the entire first chapter highlighted for some reason okay i mean i had it highlighted too but i only like highlighted it to basically oh. add a note that said yahweh will take care of you if you obey him yeah but basically it sounded like if you go astray this is almost like a path back no if you go astray this is like a path back yeah, it's like when all right, read oh, let me read it. when all these things have happened to you the blessings and the curses that i've set before you 
If you call to the, call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you and return to the Lord your God and you and your children obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, just okay. as I'm commanding you today, then the Lord your God will return you from your captivity right. and have compassion on you. All right. Well, it's, it's a one long, long sentence, man. I'm not, I'm so basically, so yeah, so yeah, you're right. He's basically like, look, man, if you turn away from me, I will fuck you up. Like every single goddamn curse that you've ever fucking heard that I fucking did, I will do to you. But if you turn back to me, no matter where you are, no matter what's happened, like, you know, if you come back to me, baby, I'll take care of you. I know I've hurt you in the past. Yeah, I don't like this. You don't? Well, basically, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's kind of compassionate. It's like a free pass to do whatever the fuck you. No, no. It sounds like on one hand you're you're fucking all about death and destruction, fucking up anybody who goes astray. Mm-hmm. But then you realize you can't stop them from going astray. Mm-hmm. This is weakness, I think, on Yahweh's part. If you decide to come back to me, I'll let you come back. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he wants his workforce to always want to come back or be able to come back. Scott, haven't you learned anything? No. Here's what Yahweh's doing. He's like, nah, baby, come back. Baby, come back. And they're like, okay. And they go back. But Yahweh knows that they're stiff-necked. Yahweh knows they're going to fucking stray again. That opens up yet another opportunity for Yahweh to fucking fuck with them. And have compassion on you, gathering you again from all the peoples among whom the Lord your God has scattered you. He's almost saying, yeah, I scattered you and I drove you to this, and now I'll bring you back. Even if you are exiled to the ends of the world, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will take you back. Hmm. I don't know. It yeah, almost this you- is like a loophole to anybody who breaks God's rules. It's just like, oh, you know, I can just you know, pray to God at the end and I'll, I'll be welcome back. Well, first of all, in fairness, that's what confession is in Catholicism. Yeah, yeah. And also in um, Protestantism, that's what being like accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As soon as you do that, all your sins are forgiven. So you can lead like a whole fucking fucked up shit life. And then, like, at the very end, if you know, like, in that second that, like, you're about to die, you could say, oh, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, blah, blah, blah. You're going to go to heaven. Well, they say there's no So everyone has a loophole. No atheists in the foxhole. But the loophole, it's not really a loophole because you got to continue to live piously, right? Okay. So now, how many chances do you get? So now I go out, go. As many as you need. Just kidding. Restart. I I believe in Yahweh. And then you act like a dick again for five more years, and you're, now you're on the verge of whatever, and you, oh, no, I'm, I'm down with Yahweh again. Like, can you just keep doing this? Yeah. Because Yahweh says, man, I think he's going to say in this chapter or another one something about, like, I know you guys are fuck. You're going to fuck up because you're, you're shit. He realized that, like, after Noah's Ark, after he fucking flooded the whole planet. And then he fucking, he regretted it. He was like, ah, fuck, you know? Like, people are just fucking shit anyway, you know what I mean? Like, I can never fucking really, like, he realized it then. And I like how he, he phrases it in such a way that, like, if you're gonna, you've gone astray, he almost makes it sound like he led you astray. He forced you to go astray, almost like on purpose. Because you wouldn't dare, like, fucking disrespect him and go astray on your own. So I led you astray just to gather you back. That's yeah. kind of like, because he kind of says, I sent you out there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think he's covering all his bases here, man. I mean, he's bullshit. He's giving people a way back. But I kind of think that's like to set them up to fucking fall again so he can like fucking burn them and torture them because he's a fucking psychopath. 
So in verse 6, Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul in order that you may live. That's a very interesting term, Scott. Have you ever used the term to circumcise your heart? No, and I was going to say, why don't you, uh, for the for those on our, in our listening audience that have short memories, <clears throat> like me, um, what, what is the circumcision of the heart? Um, it's like to open, you know, to open your heart to God, like to let him in. Oh, it's not to like cut off some extraneous piece of it and throw it away? No, I think in this case. Or slap somebody on the foot with it? Yeah. Tag, you're, you're circumcised. I don't know. I don't think. I think circumcision is like a very, very. It should mean one thing. It should be one of those like peruse words. Like circumcision should mean one fucking thing. Right. Well, I mean circumcise, cirque. That's like circular, right? Of course, yeah. Circumference. And size is like an incision, right? Like a, uh, a, a cut. Yeah. All right. So like you do a circumcision of your heart where you. Cut like a circle in your heart, and that's like the doorway for Yahweh to enter. Oh, it's not like the Temple of Doom when the guy <laughs> goes around the heart and pulls it No, right I out. don't think, no. Oh, yeah. dude, speaking of that, I was listening to one of the episodes a couple episodes ago, and we mentioned the Indiana Jones, like, uh, nonsense. That racist episode. <laughs> and and you called the kid Short Stack, and I was like, no, it's Short Round. Yeah. I was just watching before you came over, like, highlights of the Golden Globes. Yeah. So I was like, look who it is. And there's a guy on stage like, I want to thank you all for not letting anybody ever forget my name, blah, 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 blah. He was just, it was short round. Ah, oh, cool. Apparently. Well, he was in Goonies, too. That's right. He always played a very stereotypical racist version of an Asian kid. Okay. Right? And apparently those those roles dried up for him, so he quit acting for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then apparently during when he saw Crazy Rich Asians and he saw like an explosion of Asian roles, he decided to take a shot at acting again, and he's winning awards. Ah, oh, cool. And it was funny. Once I was told who it was... I remember his voice. His voice still kind of sounds short stackish. Nice. Roundish. Nice. (laughs) So, so if I was non penis circumcised Mm -hmm. and some girl was like, Well, are you circumcised? I only get with circumcised guys. And I go, You were non penis circumcised? Like, let's say I wasn't, I didn't have circumcision on my penis. Yeah. And I said, Oh, I'm circumcised. And when it comes down to the act, she finds out I'm not circumcised. Can I say, No, no, no. My heart was Your circumcised. Heart. <laughs> See what I mean? Like, yeah. no one's going to think you're talking anything other right. than the penis. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. It's it's a phrase that didn't live on. <laughs> it didn't live on. No. Do you think the intactivists have any idea that you can circumcise someone's heart? I think intactivists do not want it. I think they're triggered as soon as the word circumcision is said. I think that triggers You think it's like a mass therapy group? It's like a mass therapy group. Do I think it's no. a mass therapy group? No, that's stupid because our buddy d- d- wasn't circumcised, right? Oh, so. you mean like the gatherings, like they're all in therapy for circumcision? No, I think... No, that's right. But you, you, no, no, no. I think it's a... I'll tell you what I think it is. <laughs> I'm retracting because I understand our buddy's not circumcised, so that think, would not be the case. I think it's a collection of men that are in it for different reasons. Uh, some of them are like upset that they got circumcised, obviously. Yeah. Some of them are men that, like, blame their circumcision for not being able to, like, get women or being, like, impotent or, you know, less than whatever they feel Mm. they should be. Some men are misogynists and, you know, 
some uh, it's like a whole there's, it's a spectrum. there's, there's agendas a spectrum. yes okay. there's agendas speaking of that man baby you were talking about who got circumcised yeah. do you think like they can maybe somehow like if you're an adult and you get circumcised maybe you can like donate the foreskin and maybe like if I want to get uncircumcised, like maybe I can graft That's you. That's gross, a, can man. I graft you foreskin? foreskin. What the fuck? So can I graft a foreskin? Everyone knows you keep your own foreskin, but it's too late. <laughs> you get sent home with it, and then you bury it like in the yard, like you grow it with a tree, like a woman's placenta or whatever they do with it. You know, like they'll fucking freeze it and eat it. Now I don't know what the fuck they do with placentas. So you can grow a tree from a circumcised from a foreskin. Um. Is that why you don't eat them? Because you don't want like a foreskin tree growing in your stomach? Gross. <laughs> I'm just asking the tough questions, I man. Know, I know. Listen, these are all important questions. So I can't get a, someone else's foreskin grafted onto my penis and become whole again? No, I don't think so. Hmm. What was that sound? Uh, chair probably broke. Don't worry about it. All right. So <laughs> moving it's on. It's breaking to down around here, right? Deuteronomy 30, uh, verse 11. Um, the things you need to do are not a mystery to you. You know what you need to do, right? So he's like reminding them basically in this that um, you don't got to go anywhere to figure out like what you need to do. Like you don't got to go to the library of Alexandria and like read some book. You don't got to like travel up to the fucking top of a mountain into bed and like talk to a fucking monk. You don't got to like, you know, travel to fucking Greece and like sit at the feet of fucking Socrates. All that shit's in your fucking head, right? Yeah. Act fucking right, you fucking filthy animals. Right, yeah. It's not too far away. It's not in heaven. It's not beyond the sea. It's, you know, you know it's in your mouth yeah. and in your heart to observe. Yeah. So you can't say this is too hard. Right. But. In verse 17, Deuteronomy 30, verse 17, he says, But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall certainly perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. So again, with the other gods. Again, with the other gods, don't obey other gods. Again, with the thread, if you do, blah, 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 you know, this and that. And unless you have anything to add, that gets us to Deuteronomy 31. Just real quick, you know, yeah, sure. in, in 30 verse 15, he mm -hmm. says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity over here, death and adversity over here. He's basically saying it's a simple fucking choice. Like, who would choose otherwise? Yeah. Well, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah. It was the times that try men's souls, man. Mm -hmm. And Deuteronomy 31. Joshua becomes Moses' successor. So, yeah. when we recorded this episode the first time around, we had no idea who the fuck is Joshua, blah, blah, blah. So I did a little research. Nice. Okay. So Joshua was mentioned in Numbers, specifically Numbers 27, verse 18. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay your hand upon him. Have him stand before Eliezer, the priest, and all the congregation and commission him in their sight. 
You shall give him some of your authority. This is to Moses. You shall give him some of your authority so that all the congregation of the Israelites may obey. So he's already been introduced, um, and the Israelites know what's what. They know that, like, this guy's been anointed, touched, uh, decontaminated, whatever, like, the process that Yahweh requires for, like, you know. Yeah, he's one of us. Yeah. Um, but now I re- distinctly remember that one guy went up the mountain and never came down. Wasn't that guy Joshua? No, I guess that was another kid. Because remember, somebody went up and I then remember. they changed the guy's name. So I'm wondering if the Joshua you read about was the original one that went went bye bye, or possibly that was a different name and you're confusing the name. So it's, it's obviously not the same Joshua because here he is. So there was definitely a guy that went up the mountain that never came down. I don't think it was Josh. I thought you were going to tell me your research found that it was uh, Dr. Falcon's uh, son who died in a car accident. <laughs> uh, what the fuck was that kid's name? Joshua. Oh, that that was Joshua. What was the name of the computer? Joshua. <laughs> oh, the Whopper. The Whopper. The War wow. Operations Plan Response. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that was a reference to war games for anyone who's right. under 60. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely, I don't know, like you think that movie holds up? Like if we watched it now, would it hold up? I watched it recently. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't watch the whole you're movie recently. You're different, though. You're, ve- different. you're a very romantic, nostalgic I sort. I am. And I caught it just as pretty much that they were escaping his island when he brought him on the helicopter and they went to NORAD and they and that final scene. Okay, yeah. Edge of my seat still. And I know how it ends. All right. I even know the launch code. So if you're under 60 and you haven't heard of or seen War Games, is it a classic recommendation? I, I recommend it. I think it's right, pretty we good. could do a segment on that. Like classic recommendations from <laughs> old guys. Do, do, do. All right. Um, I recommend more games. Moses, by the way, speaking of old fucks, is 120 years old at this point, as he states. Yeah. yeah. I'm no longer able to get about. And the Lord told me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. So I want to, I mentioned this before, but I want to say, is it possible that Yahweh did not sentence him to death? He just sees the future or sees what's coming and he predicted Moses' death or foresaw it. And said, you're not going to make it into the promised land. It wasn't his power that killed Moses. He just knew he wasn't going to make it. But he was using that knowledge of the future to tell Moses he wouldn't make it. Like he was, you know what I'm saying? Like no, Yahweh didn't no. kill him. He was, he was just predicting no. it. Yahweh was absolutely, Yahweh stated, I will make you motherfuckers like wander the desert until you fucking die before I let like the people cross over. No, he, maybe that was taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Such a fucking Yahweh apologist. Yeah, no, Continue to be a Yahweh apologist. Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua. So this is the moment, man. Like, remember, we're getting to the end of the fucking Torah, right? This is this is it. Like, we're, we're about to cross over the Jordan. The Israelites are about to be given their promised land. Moses is about to croak. Joshua is going to be the guy. The next book is called the book of Joshua. Shut up. Is it? Yes. Sweet. All right. So here we are. Joshua. Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all Israel. Another meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Be strong and bold. For you are the one who will go with this people into the land that the Lord 
that the Lord has sworn to their ancestors to give them, and you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. There's a lot of contradictory shit being said here, all right? So let's start with he will be with you, right? Because as we recall, he told Joseph, Joseph, summon your father Israel here Mm -hmm. to Egypt with you. And then Joseph did. And everything was pretty good. But then Pharaoh died and a new Pharaoh took over and shit was bad for like 400 years. And Yahweh wasn't around for that. So I don't know if he will be with you. Yeah, and I still think he's going to pull a disappearing act, man. Then it says, he will not fail you or forsake you. Yeah, unless you have a different thought from him. Like, then he will well, forsake then who really, you. Well, then who really did the failing of who? Oh, I see. Right. Mm, right. So He's such a gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fear or be dismayed. I would argue that fear and the installation of fear has been a healthy theme throughout the past, like, I don't know, three books. And when I read that line, I was like, Joshua looked at him like, like <laughs> side eye and goes, dude, I ain't the one that needs to be scared. I'm just starting my role. You're, you're, about to get, oh, you're about to get dead. Bro, I completely disagree. I feel like Moses is the one who's like got to be relieved. He's 120. Uh, He's probably ready for death. Joshua's the one with the fucking sword of Pericles dangling uh, above his fucking head, not knowing when it's going to like come down upon it. I, I mean, it's probably the same as the sword of Damocles, right? <laughs> Is that what it is? Damocles? Nice. There you go, Scott. You knew something. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. Cut that out. Cut that out like in the post-edit. Why? Because I don't want people thinking I knew that. Nah, man. That's I play that's a role. Great. I play what a role I say? here. Pericles. Pericles. Damocles. Damocles. <laughs> you. Why you not again? <laughs> All right. The law. To be read every seventh year i think the audience was like huh nice seven years we can go without hearing this shit yeah so again the law you know how dense the law is i looked up what the law is more dense than the people do you know what the law is it's the torah it's the whole thing the torah is the law it's called mosaic law really yep the word mosaic, I guess, comes from Moses. I guess. So how do how can we when we think of a mosaic, I think of like a a, a collection of a, different like little like, tiles that make up a picture. The Israelites, Israelites. little tiles, hundreds of thousands so, so of I'm Israelites. I'm just wondering how the word mosaic up. came from Moses to the how we know mosaic now. The scattered tribes of Israel brought together in a. The scattered tribes mm. of Israel brought together in Exodus and then eventually led into the promised land. That's a revelation, blah, blah, blah. man. All right. That's cool. A mosaic. We worked through that. Moses. We weren't even microdosing. <laughs> no. Cool. Right. How, you know how cool it's going to be if I'm on the subway and somebody's looking at one of them tile mosaics on the subway wall? And you're and like, go, you know what, man? Hey, you know yeah, where the word mosaic comes from? Yeah. Moses from the Bible. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> blah, 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 I'm like, this is more transit news coming your way. <laughs> I thought it came from the sword of Pericles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
that gets us to Moses and Joshua receive God's charge in Deuteronomy 31, verse 14. The Lord said to Moses, Your time to die is near. What a dick. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting so that I may commission him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud. The pillar of cloud stood at the entrance to the tent. This is pretty important. One, could Yahweh please stop telling me I'm going to die? Like, I know. Like, do you have to keep saying it? Um, and the Lord has not really made an appearance in a while, right? It's just been people prattling on about the Lord. It's but been like, Moses, like, yeah. it's been Yahweh speaking through Moses, I guess. It's nice that the boy shows up to, like, like pass the crown right. over to Joshua or whatever it is that, yeah, he, yeah. you know. So can't be um, a crown. Or maybe it's like he can't trust Moses to do it right. He's like, oh, I got it. I got to make sure like all the fucking the T's are crossed. You know, the yeah. I's are dotted, like all that kind of shit. Yeah, he's fucking the paperwork up for yeah. sure. So the Lord says to Moses, soon you will lie down with your ancestors. Again, no. Again, with like the <laughs> you're going to die. Then this people will begin to prostitute themselves. All right, think about this. No, 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 really, I want you to think about this. No, my brain is going to hurt. Okay. Give me a minute to like... Get into the character? Go through... The, no, just oh. go through the thread because hey. I'm going to start way back, okay? Because I want I want to take you on Moses' journey. I know you don't like Moses, no. but he's still a human being. And even if you don't like him, I'm going to make a case that he has been sufficiently punished for his crimes. He flees Egypt. Mm. He starts a whole fucking life. Everything's okay. And then he fucking gets like high on some burning bush shit. And like has a vision of God who's like, yo, you're going to fucking go back to fucking Egypt and free like the Israelites. Okay. Okay. So he does that. I'm not even going to go through the whole like plagues and the meetings with Pharaoh and his brother Aaron and like that whole situation because that had to be awkward. Okay. Because mm. remember, he was brought up like sure. in the palace. So like he knows Pharaoh and like it's a whole complicated scenario, right? He leads the Israelites out of Egypt, they're wandering in the fucking desert. He has the audacity to like paraphrase some shit that God says. Right? After doing everything, everything, the commandments, his son being circumcised while he was like, God, oh, I forgot about God deciding out of nowhere, oh, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And then visiting him in a fucking hotel room in the middle of the night, forcing his wife to fucking circumcise their kid. And then scraping the circumcision skin on Moses' foot. Like that whole situation, you know. So now they're wandering in the desert. Um, there's no water. Like maybe Moses doesn't have water either. He's a little dehydrated. You know, the brain isn't. Like he says some shit, you know, that's not completely appropriate. Right away, Yahweh forgets everything else that happens and says, fuck you. You're not. You're going to lead these people to the promised land, but you're not going to fucking cross over to the promised land with them, right? So Moses does everything, even knowing 
that he himself, he's still obedient. He still does everything. They've now been in this fucking wilderness for 20 years. He's 120 years old. 40. Whatever. All right. <laughs> There's a big even distinction even there. worse. <laughs> the Lord says to him, you're about to die, but just so you know, right? Even though you've your whole mission has been to lead these people here, but guess what? <laughs> the people will begin to prostitute themselves to the foreign gods in their midst. The gods of the land into which they are going. They will forsake me, breaking my covenant that I have made with them. My anger will be kindled against them on that day. I will forsake them and hide my face from them. They will become easy prey and many terrible troubles will come upon them. On that day, they will say, have not these troubles come upon us because our God is not in our midst? On that day, I will surely hide my face on account of all the evil they have done by turning to other gods. That's what he tells Mo. He's like, now you're going to die. But before you die, uh, this whole fucking trip into the promised land, it's basically like all in vain. Because as soon as they get there, they're going to turn their back on me and I'm going to fuck them over. Goodbye. What kind of fucking sick, fucking twisted, demented fucking God, quote unquote God, is this? And why the fuck would anybody ever follow a fucking God like that? Fuck this fucking God. I, I agree. Fuck this fucking God. Now let's 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 break this down. First of all, yeah, why do you have to crush Moses like that? It's fucking horrible. Horrible. And I I told you I think in one of the last recordings that there's a possibility that maybe Moses does have a bit of a tragic figure <laughs> sense about him. Like he didn't deserve the fight. Like he's listen. Let me go on the record again. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. But maybe he doesn't deserve to be treated like this by Yahweh. He made mistakes like we all do. Um. You know who he is? He's the guy in Game of Thrones that betrayed the fucking Starks and then fucking got his dick cut off. Remember? Yes. And he went through so much fucking shit, he gained our sympathy back and yeah. then became like fucking yeah. sort of like heroic at the end. Yeah. You know what? You know, Greyjoy. Theo Greyjoy. Yeah. Do you know, Um, is there anyone in a recent American history that... No matter how much you do for him or do with him mm -hmm. and follow him, mm -hmm. the moment you say the slightest mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. against him, mm -hmm. he'd call. You know, to, you know, maybe if you get hung, like on the Capitol grounds, or like he, you, like mm. the slightest. Was it? Wait, maybe a. You're, are you talking about a president like I that? Mean, maybe like somebody in charge. Somebody would follow Obama? him loyally. I don't think of <laughs> no, Obama. Not Obama. Thinking, no, no, I don't no, think no, I'm no, thinking of Obama. Obama. Yeah, no, no. But somebody would follow you to the ends of the earth. But mm -hmm. if you just made one left when you should have made a right, mm -hmm. now he's talking about your wife, oh. talking about your family, oh. talking about how you're a piece of shit. Oh, that's how terrible. about you're a non-American? You're a China-loving Coco Chow. You're a fucking oh, whatever. Awesome. You're like, a, <laughs> oh you know, man. You know, I, I like my fucking. I like my followers not to be wounded in battle. Wait, we had someone like that as president. I, I remember they were definitely in a leadership role. What kind yeah. of person would vote for that? It's terrible. Yeah. Listen, man, who'd you rather have, Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Deuteronomy 31 uh, gets us to verse 21. 
And when many terrible troubles come upon them, this is still Yahweh talking to Moses. And when many... I'm sorry. Let me get my Yahweh voice. Wait, were you getting that together? Oh, can, yeah, can yeah, sure, say sure. Real go. quick. Yeah, yeah. He talks about um talks, <laughs> talks. Where does he? What is he talking? He about? says, "I'm going to turn my back on them and hide my face because yeah. of the." Yo, he's he's making an excuse why he's never going to be seen again. Oh yes, he's right. He's setting them up for like his departure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's gotten all the fuel he needs. Yeah. Like everything's done. Yeah, I'm turning. <laughs> They've my... wandered around the wilderness for forty years, collecting God knows what for yeah, him. Yeah, Yahweh knows what. Yeah. Hmm. And you know what? They're gonna turn, gonna turn to other gods because maybe other gods are just fucking cooler. You know, I told you where Yahweh has been. Like all those times that he disappears, and he's like, "Oh shit, I forgot about like the Israelites." You know where he's been all that time? Stuck on the tarmac on a Spirit Airlines flight. No, man, he's like in fucking. <laughs> cryostasis oh right yes 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 hmm. like you know he can't like be awake the entire time like he's got to preserve himself all right, man. get Yahweh voice on man let's go all right so Deuteronomy 31 verse 21 Yahweh continues to Moses and when many terrible troubles come upon them this song will confront them as a witness because it will not be lost from the mouths of their descendants. For I know what they are inclined to do even now, before I have brought them into the land that I promised them on oath. So this, by the way, is the first allusion to God's omnipotence. So he says, for I know what they are, for I know what they are inclined to do even now, before I have brought them into the land. I have to disagree with you, man. I'm going to use you, use you as an example. Yeah. You used to be like a really intense driver, man. Like you used to, used to pride yourself in like being able to do, do your weaves and your fucking moves. And you you used to say, I know what that asshole in front of me is going to do even before he knows what he's going to do. Because you do. see patterns. I, I still you do. you see patterns and you understand how people are. I think that's all he's saying. He's just saying, for I know they are inclined to do what, what they're inclined to do even now. He's not really predicting events. He's predicting what they're inclined to do. So I don't think this is omnipotence yet, man. All right. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. I mean, because then you're God. You're God of the roads, man. (laughs) So unless you have something to say, I'm going to skip down to 25. Joshua, son of a nun. (laughs) No, son of none. Oh, right, right. Not a nun. The man's name was none. Yeah, and none apparently, whatever genetically like genetically had it that thing in him that Yahweh fucking needed. Well guys are talking like drinking their meat and stuff and going, Hey, you know that Joshua, he's a real son of a nun, huh? Son of a nun, I mean guys I'm not a nun in Guys I wouldn't hang out with and making that joke. But yeah, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm sure there are guys making that joke. And I'm not talking about those weird people that wear like habits, black and white outfits. I'm talking about them nuns either. Not those nuns. Not those nuns. Deuteronomy 31, verse 25. Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. Let it remain there as a witness against you. So this is the book he's talking about. He's talking about the Torah, Mm. right? He's talking about the first five books. Okay. Okay, I mean, it's a little meta at this point because who wrote this book? 
Right, and he can't put the book down yet because it's three, three yeah. and a half chapters left. All right, but but like, all right, all right. For this one, Scott, for this one thing, let's suspend disbelief. Okay. For this one thing. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. Let it remain there as a witness against you. For I know well how rebellious and stubborn you are. See, so it's like, I'm going to continue, but I just want to say, he's like, you know how like God shits on him? He shits on the Israelites. Like shit just rolls downhill, you know? Like Reaganomics. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For I know well how rebellious and stubborn you are. If you already have been so rebellious toward the Lord while I am still alive among you, how much more after my death? Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officials so that I may recite these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death, you will surely act corruptly, turning aside from the way that I have commanded you. In time to come, trouble will befall you because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. <sighs> what do you say? What do you say? I'm going to say this. All right. Take the book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant. So I had a book many years ago called the book of the law. I lost it in Hurricane Sandy. And it was written by a name called uh, by a man named Alistair Crowley. Mr. Crowley. He was considered the most wickedest man on the world. At you know some that point. song? I don't. Maybe. I don't oh, know. bro. You got to listen to that song. It has one of the tastiest guitar solos of what was the name all of the time. What was the name of the song? Mr. Crowley. Ozzy oh, Osbourne. Okay. And Randy Rhodes did like the guitar solo. It is fucking. It's like classical music on a fucking guitar. You know what? I'm, I'm saying I'm saying the words Mr. Crowley, but I'm playing Mr. Brownstone in my head. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mr. Crowley. Right. Mr. Crowley. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, apparently yeah. Mr. Crowley actually wrote the Book of the Law in yeah. the 20th century. Well, he was like a mystic. I don't I don't remember what he was. It's been so long since I like, read He was like stuff. a dark arts mystic. Yeah, he was like a, like a witchcraft yes. kind of guy. Yeah, so. Jimmy Page was like all into him. Really? Yeah. Really? I got into, I got into him. In, well, I mean, Jimmy Page was also into 14-year-olds, but that's neither here nor there, you know. It was a different time. It was the 70s, you know. People didn't know any better. <laughs> they yeah. were coked up. I mean, they were acting much know, older than they we were. We were only on the moon, but, you know, we didn't yeah. know any better. Yeah. So maybe they're talking about Alex Crowley. Bill Cosby book. was like fucking, you know, raping women by giving them fucking, and by the way, putting this, putting that into his comedy fucking bit, you know, about how he that, liked to drug that, and fucking rape women. That Spanish fly fucking yeah. shit is fucking unnerving to listen to. Yeah, and go now listen. that you know what he did. Yeah. Anybody go listen to Bill Cosby Spanish Assign fly. The Assign the homework right now. Assign yeah. it. homework assignment. Go uh, YouTube. Uh, Bill Cosby Spanish fly. And remember what he did. Yeah. And he was talking about it. Yeah. Like he, there was a plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, for I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. If you have already been so rebellious toward the Lord while I am still alive among you, how much more after my death? I want him to know, and maybe he doesn't deserve any more beatings, but someone should scream out from the fucking crowd, like, 
We didn't fucking obey Yahweh because you fucking had us obeying it. We obeyed Yahweh because he opened up the earth and swallowed us. Or he hit us with rocks from space or fucking whatever the fuck he did. So fuck you, Moses. We weren't in line because of you. We were in line because Yahweh scares the fuck out of us. Right. So fuck him on that. But I thought he said, don't be afraid. He said, do not fear. (laughs) (laughs) He also said, you're going to win this war, but you might want to go home, fuck your wife, consecrate your house, drink your wine, and eat your food because you might not come back. Uh, Ah, So that gets us. And Moses also said, for I know that after my death, you will surely act corruptly. You mean because Yahweh just told you that 30 seconds ago? Yahweh said, when you die, yes. your people are going to act like prostitute themselves. Right. And now he's acting like this is his knowledge. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, I came he's up with this. He's taking credit yeah. for it. I mean, listen, he's a dying man. I mean, give him uh, his due, yeah. And again, the tragic figure that is Moses, remember, he didn't volunteer for this job. At least I'm assuming he didn't. No, he didn't. No, it was, he got the job fucking from the burning bush. Or, or, Yahweh said, yo, I know about that fucking Arab you buried in the sand. So I got a job for you, and you're going to do it. <laughs> right. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to turn you in. Yahweh's just an extortionist. Yeah, man. 100%. I can't believe we even fucking really? think of that earlier. It's an extortionist. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He had that shit over him. So then that leads us into the last section, the Song of Songs. Um, Song of Moses. I'm sorry, Song of Moses. Uh, then Moses recited the words of this song, the song that God said will be on the lips of all the fucking Israelites to remind them of how fucking miserable it is to be a Jew. Um, then <laughs> Moses, mean, <laughs> eh, it's pretty much like, it's you implied. know, the, this is the basis of Judaism, uh, just the misery. Then Moses recited the words of this song to the very end in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel. And we will get to that in the next episode of Libel the Bible. Goodbye.